IWEP Network. It's in the pod. Do all the Siths have to have red lightsabers? Yeah. Oh. Why do they follow that rule if they're... <laughs> they don't seem like rule followers, you know? Uh, it's the only way to get their lightsabers to obey them. <laughs> the, the crystals... Okay, never mind. Never the mind. The crystals never mind. have powers. Welcome back, I'm Mario. Welcome back, I'm Chris. We're two Diablo friends, talking about things we like, tackling a plethora of subjects, telling stories instead of going to therapy, and hoping you'll laugh the pain away with us. Yes, we are. And this week, uh, we're presenting we're presenting a little something special for you guys. It's one of the Presents episodes. Can you believe it? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. It's going to be unique, I think. This is going to be something different than we've done before. I'm excited to get into it. So where this kind of popped up, this idea for today's Presents episode, which you've already read the title of, if you're listening to this, um, is that a few weeks ago, I brought up the idea of the um, the political assessment test, where like you might think you're with one party, but you might be in another, you know, and so like by taking this in-depth test, you get a greater picture of who you are and, and, and your beliefs and your stances on things, um, the, the I side with quiz. Yes, yes. And so I actually had Steve, my buddy who I grew mm-hmm. up with and I currently work with as well. Um, I had him take it because he's, he's like apolitical. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. think that he thinks the whole system's rigged kind of. Sure. Um, and it's not really like worth your time. But I encourage him to take tests anyways. And he said it was actually kind of fun just take, taking a moment to, to think about who you are and, and ask yourself questions you don't normally ask yourself. And mm-hmm. so that's what kind of spurred the birth of of new year no me so we're gonna take some time this week to go through some personality tests and explore ourselves a little more yeah i'm a big um enneagram fan so we're gonna get to that later but um and i know that you've spent a lot of time with myers briggs and strength finders and so we have both found a lot of value in learning about ourselves and growing because of that. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Took some quizzes and we're going to give you the info. And so as we go on this, uh, this, this adventure, this choose your own adventure together as we're trying to figure out who we are, you know, as we're, yeah. as we're trying uh-huh. to trying to assess from the flow up, mm. whether or not we're toe up, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Not really. <laughs> me neither i'm, I'm losing it here but <laughs> okay <laughs> but before we get into the serious ones the ones that'll actually like tell us something special actually i don't want to discount these either yeah. because yeah, these could, right. these could go pretty deep but before we get into the serious ones um i'm gonna take us way back to the year 2013 wow. when buzzfeed was just buzzfeed and not buzzfeed news mm-hmm. where no one heard of the phrase presidential candidate donald trump and it was just kind of it was a better time i think all around yeah yeah and so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take us way back there when everyone on facebook your our favorite social media website (laughs) would just take these quizzes everyone was on a a journey of self-discovery through pop culture so I think I think that'd be yes. a fun place to start off on. Every show has its own. Which lost character are you? Which Gilmore girl are you? Every show, every movie. Which of the Gilmore girls you are. are you? <laughs> I think there are two. We we just talked about Lorelai Gilmore or Lorelai Gilmore. Which one are you? <laughs> Lori or Rory? Oh yeah, yeah. 
uh, I think Brian is getting into Gilmore Girls, so he can he can help us figure that out. Uh, wow. But you have a couple here that we should we can just discuss uh, before we t- we get it, we did take some quizzes, but uh, before we get into the quiz ones, you have some that we can just talk about where we believe we fit in. Yeah. So um, though the fandom has lost its potency these last few years with some offhand comments from its creator, <laughs> if we take a look at uh, the Harry Potter series. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things that people love to do was throw their whole identity behind which house they're a yeah. part of. Yeah. Um, of course, there's there's four options. Um, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Yes. Um, and, of course, the Avatar, who's all four. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get to there, <laughs> we'll get to there later. <laughs> and that was the day Slytherin attacked. No. Um, so... <laughs> Slytherin, I guess, is like considered like the cunning, you know, yeah. the the planners, the the accolade seekers, mm-hmm. but also in the same vein, Gryffindor is about like courage and stepping up and, and doing the adventurous task. We got the the hungry friends, which is our uh, uh, Hufflepuffs, yeah. and then the the bookworms, um, the the ones who love learning and exploring their their thoughts, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it's more of like a, of like a, a sterile environment of, mm-hmm. of like learning or if it's more of like, cause I've never read the books. I've only watched the, the movies. And I assume maybe I'm hoping the books did a little bit more justice to Ravenclaw, but Ravenclaw sure. of course is associated with, with being uh book smart nerds. Yeah. I actually have a huge problem with uh, Gryffindor. Why was your problem, dude? The problem with the Gryffindor is that, okay, actually it's like a, it's like a, it's another, re- it's like a red flag. Okay. So if you ask someone what house they're in and they say they're Gryffindor, mm-hmm. it's a huge red flag. I oh, agree. Oh, you're brave? Yeah. That doesn't say anything about you. For what? Yeah. Brave in yeah. stupid situations. Yeah. This is what I saw in the movie. <laughs> I, I saw the last movie and you notice how no one except for the corpse got up at the end to fight Voldemort. <laughs> There's a whole like a whole quarter of the student body supposed to be brave. Yeah. And they all kind of st- stood there dumbfounded, except for Neville. He had a sword. That was, pr- that was pretty cool. But besides that. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I agree. Like a Griffin, a Gryffindor is just a stuck up version of all of the, the other three. Mm-hmm. Like how okay. Harry was probably Slytherin. Hermione was probably Ravenclaw. And Ron was mm. probably Hufflepuff. But they were just so yeah. brave at nine years yeah, old yeah. that they got a special house <laughs> for it. <laughs> That's good. I always, you know, had like this uh, complex where I wanted to be Gryffindor mm-hmm. when I was younger. Um, as much as I realize now that that's just probably not true. I was right there with you. I thought I was like, oh yeah, that's the one for me because I'm so brave. Yeah. Well, because I'm the protagonist. I- I'm the hero of this story, obviously. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it it's one of those things you hope you don't learn too early in life that you're not the protagonist because sure. you'd, you'd sure. hate to see a depressed kid. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's- yeah. Like so, like some fourth grader who realizes he's just a cog in a machine. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. he's at school. I couldn't handle that too early. <laughs> yeah, but now that I have come across that decision or that uh, that reality, yeah, I, um, I've taken some quizzes and they put me in Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know if I belong in Ravenclaw. Yeah, said the um, teacher's aide. True, true. For the most fun major at my school, so <laughs> I wonder if I think Hufflepuff. Uh, but that kind of became the most popular one, right? Like after mm-hmm. after everyone got over wanting to be Gryffindor, you're like, no, we're all Hufflepuffs because we're um, such great friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
So I don't know. I think I think really I need to be asking other people mm-hmm. where I belong. For the longest time, I I looked at myself as Slytherin, and then I started to think maybe maybe Hufflepuff. I mean, like I'm one of like four people I know who calls their friends, you know, and like mm-hmm. checks in and tries to like set up plans and stuff. But also, when I think about the like the school itself. Hufflepuff's right next to the cafeteria, right? That's what I've heard, yeah. So, what better way to maximize my time at Hogwarts than to make friends with all the other houses? Everyone kind of sticks to their cliques, right? Mm -hmm. But see, I'm imagining a world where I'm in Slytherin, and I befriend a Hufflepuff. He gets the snacks, right? He gets the snacks. Got it. And I I befriend... Uh, Ravenclaw, right? So we, we have like a group study. The one kid brings the snacks. I kind of work the street, yeah. so we're all working together. We're doing well. And then forget every Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could leave them out. Yeah, they're not, you know, they're so brave they couldn't possibly imagine strategizing. <laughs> they're too busy not studying for the tests. That's true. That's true. I think if I were in, in Hogwarts today, knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. um, regardless of where I would be sorted, I would be whispering to the hat, please put me in Hufflepuff. Please put me in Hufflepuff. You know, because the hat cares yeah. where you want to go. So I think I'd be looking for Hufflepuff and uh, hope that the, the hat would, you know, grant my request. <laughs> what if he does what uh, what Harry does when he says not Slytherin until the hat just starts talking out loud to everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, why? Why would you want to be with those fat losers? Oh, you want friendship instead of great studies? You're a smart guy. Why are you doing this? Oh, <laughs> that could be. That's I that's, guess I'm willing to like, after the hat completely ruins going to Hufflepuff. Like, I guess you can go there. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> roast <shuffle> off. <laughs> yeah, that's so rude. Oh man! All right, he could be well, like, "Come on, hat! I'm raising their GPA. You know, we're, we're, we got too many Fs." That's true. Uh, you're gonna have to lead the discussion here because Star Wars is not one of mine. But uh, Jedi Sith, the Jedi Sith divide. Where? Yes. What, what do we need to know? Okay, so uh, the Jedi Council, they're the ones that are out in the open. Everyone knows about the Jedi in, in, in said universe, right? Uh, except for when the Sith win and then kind of like ruin their whole history. And so no one really believes Jedi even existed in the first place. Okay. Great galactic gaslighting. But uh, <laughs> in the time of, let's, let's say the, the prequels and before uh, the older public and all that, the Jedi are like, what you would say is like the movement for good. They they train together, they adhere to a strict philosophy, and they try to guide the galaxy in a balance of good and evil, right? Uh-huh. And then there's the Sith who vie for power. They 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 literally go by the rule of two in that one's a master. <laughs> Ooh, sorry for those burps. One's the master and one's um, the trainee. And then when the trainee's like good enough, they just kill the master and they become the master and pick up a new uh, okay. apprentice, right? Uh-huh. So it sounds pretty simple. One's about order, one's about you know power and chaos. But when you dive in deep, when you've watched all the movies, mm-hmm. you've watched the extended stuff, you've listened to one too many podcasts, you, gen- you, you kind of see the gray in this. <laughs> the Jedi steal kids away from their yeah. families 
And you might say, oh, the, the families willingly give them up. A lot of times it's from like slave planets. So like what choice does, what choice did Anakin's mother have than to give up Anakin? Like, oh no, he has to stay here and yeah. continue to be a slave on this planet and not be a cool laser sword guy. Right. But they don't take them, right? They're, they're like born with Jedi stuff. They're, they're, Something they're, they're uh, their midichlorian count, it's which is very yeah. controversial. Yeah, yeah, I did added to the universe, but um, no, everyone has midichlorian. It's about how high the count is, and if your count's right. really high, then you're force sensitive, and then they come up with reasons. And here's the thing: they're known to be able to play mind tricks, right? The Jedi, the good guys, do mind tricks all the time. Uh huh. You know, hey, you want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell okay. you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. That guy was sent on like, he's just trying to pay his bills, you know, sell sure, sure. death sticks. Now he's got to go home and have a just crisis manipulated. of who he is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was comfortable with who he was. And then this, no one better than you tries this, just to reset his whole life. That huh. being said, the further you look into it, it's like the downfall of Jedi came because of how detached they expected beings to be. And then this, and then there's this huge rift for Anakin where, uh, it turns out I can love someone and I really uh-huh. want to be with someone, and that's so counter to the Sith, the Jedi code that he has to turn to the Sith to be able to to love freely, and even though he's being manipulated, save his wife, which he wasn't able to do. So, oh my goodness. So all that all that ranting to say, <laughs> all that ranting to say, I personally. Identify more with the Sith, being able to have connections freely with people around mm-hmm. me. Power uh, hungry, murderous. Yes, yes, of course, <laughs> of course. You you, you kind of got to look at like so like there are good things with the Jedi. You got to look over the bad, but it's, people always look over the bad for the Jedi. I'm just saying, sure. There's there's some good in the Sith. See, I'm just not well versed enough to be able to have this conversation, but I'm sure somebody is listening and yelling and telling you how dumb that is. Yeah, maybe. What's your colored know. lightsaber? I think that's the real question for well, casual fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, maybe you, you can answer it that way. Well, what, what what color would your lightsaber be? Purple, because I think that's Purple? the coolest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I guess I'd have to go. I'd have to go red because I do. I I have my political leanings are towards the Sith in the Star Wars universe, not the First Order and not the Far Ends. You know, the Sith are bad. And the Jedi are bad. There's this, <laughs> there's this other subcategory called Gray Jedis, and that's Jedis who don't want to live to the code, and so they abandon the Order, but don't uh-huh. fall to this dark side, like oh. propaganda says will happen if you turn away from the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day. But but Do loosely th- and not with their politics, I, f- I fall more towards the Sith. Okay. Do all the Siths have to have red lightsabers? Yeah. Oh. Why do they follow that rule if they're... <laughs> they don't seem like rule followers, you know? Uh, it's the only way to get their lightsabers to obey them. <laughs> the, the crystals... Okay, never mind. Never the mind. The crystals never mind. have powers and personality. <laughs> Forget and so it. In Forget order to it. bend them to their will, they have to make them bleed, which turns them Speak, red. Speaking of bending <laughs> things to your will, uh, <laughs> let's go to a different universe where I'm still not that well-versed, but um, do you... Which... Okay, let's guess for each other which bender, which element bender. From Avatar, the last airbender series. Yes, thank you. Yes. 
you are. So you guess for me, and then I'll guess for you. What do you think my bending would be? Water. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like you're... Here's the thing. Water is not like just free flow and go with the flow. That's that's almost where I kind of put airbenders in a way. Because when you think about uh, water benders, there's also the ice element to it, too. Oh, there is yes. stiffness, rigid, rigidity. Uh, but the capacity for... I don't want to say change, but like... If someone was upset, right? Someone came to your office, they are really upset, emotionally charged. And they're way off course, but they're really emotional. You're the type of guy, I think, who kind of walk down their, their train of thought with them, help them feel comforted before, you know, you're not just going to strip, get like, no, you're doing this wrong, do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of the, the, the guiding nature of like a flowing river, you know? Wow. Wow, you went real deep here. <laughs> Sorry. Means a lot, man. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, it was very nice. Um, okay. <clears throat> I think you are... If I had to guess, I would make you an earthbender because um, you're big. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I think that you have like this sturdiness about you, this consistency, and um, but not to be confused with um, like shallowness. Like you certainly have depth and width and uh, death that joke. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like it, and I heard it at the same time you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you'd be an earthbender. Do you think so? Or I think you may have told me that before. Yeah, I kind of I identify that way. I'm a big fan of metal bending and lava bending too. Uh, but just oh, classic yeah, yeah. earth bending is really cool. Um, yeah. See, there's a toxic side to every element. I think. Sure, of course. In a way, like yeah. the airbenders who are complete masters can can fly without assistance right mm-hmm. and so but to do that they have to be so detached from the rest of the world it, it's, it's kind of a, like a very loneful state you know where you basically yeah. don't exist or like with water bending you know you could flow with the person so much as to manipulate them that would be kind of blood bending like right, pulling, right. pulling the strings on people you know and uh fire benders of course uh who's the master of that freak I could not tell you. Aang's first master taught it was trying to teach him the importance of control because the flame uncontrolled just leaves devastation, uh-huh. right? And so that that speaks for itself, right there. Not even like a subcategory. Of course, lightning bending is extremely dangerous, and that falls into the fire bending category. But but um, I used to I used to think like fire bending is the coolest. Um, Especially when you like step away from again the politics of the Great War, you know not every firebender in the firebender nation I, I don't think had to join the firebender army, but they might have had to. So who knows? It yeah yeah they kind of explored a little bit better in Korra at least uh, the how firebenders go. And I mean watching Prince Zuko and and uh, Uncle Iroh's personality shift throughout the series, you can kind of see the the depth of of not just murderous monsters, you know. Sure sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I, I feel the, where, where were you going to place yourself if I didn't say water? I typically say earth, but not for any d- deep reason, just cause I think that would be the best. Um, but you make kick, a compelling case. Kick rocks, son. 
Yeah, yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> Kicking rocks. <laughs> now, a lot of times people like to pin these next two shows against each other of like, what's the best sitcom of all time? Yes. And so we got The Office and we got Friends. So and this, and this is where our BuzzFeed articles came in. Yes. Which were not as scientific as I'd hoped they'd be. Yeah. And I have no clue because I haven't watched either of the shows to completion. Wow. Yeah. So where do we want to start first? The Office or Friends? <laughs> I'll go with The Office first. The Office? Now, I only know a little bit about this guy, um, but I have strong and sometimes offbeat opinions, and I'm never afraid to express them. I have a hard time when things don't go my way, but I intervene my... What? Well, your... Oh, inventive mind. <laughs> your inventive mind always leads to you to come up with new solutions and ideas. So, my character... For the office that I lined the most up with is Dwight Schrute. Yeah, I thought that sounded like Dwight. What do you think about that? I planned on arguing about this because, and then whenever I saw how the the questions were so subjective and like not directly related to personality, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This is even better for arguing." But <laughs> what do you think? Like, about what's your favorite result? color? Well, yeah, the, yeah, Dwight's <laughs> kind of like a loser, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's got like unreached potential, and. But like, he, he also starts o- as a loser. But he he's not quite. This thing I never I never completed the show. Does he yeah, get Michael's sure. job in the end? Is he the guy who? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't have like negative opinions about it, but he does come off as like socially. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to stand by that? <laughs> no. No. But. <laughs> Um, but he, but it does seem like he, he like he's not he doesn't connect with anyone in the office when he first watched sure, the show. Sure, that is a struggle. Yeah. So like, only knowing cursory knowledge of Dwight, it makes me want to go. Oh, not me. But like, sure, sure, sure. I think every character gets a little bit of a redemption as the series goes on. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's certainly a um, a loyalty to you, and also a. Um, a, a, a confidentness, confidence. That's the word. A confidence Ooh. to you. <laughs> I try to get the right words here. Um, so there's certainly something there. Okay. I don't know that I have a better answer. Oh, I got speaking of protagonists. Um, you enjoy joking around and pushing people's buttons, but that doesn't mean that you're not serious about your goals. Though you tend to want to escape your problems, you always end up pushing through and are happier for it in the end. Jimmy Halpert. How hyped do you think Sam's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam's a Phyllis, though. I don't know if she'd be that excited. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love being Jim. Maybe I'm a Jim. I don't know. Am I Jim? It's kind of Gryffindory, you know? I. Well, yeah, but that could just be like the protagonist of it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm more of an Andy in some ways, mm-hmm. but uh, but I don't know. I'm sure we're all a combination, but yeah. All right. So bad. Well, um, yeah, I'm a complete weirdo, and you're the main character. <laughs> That's something, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, let's hop on over to the other show that I don't watch. 
Um, <laughs> and check out where we stand on Friends. Yeah, I'm the main character again. <laughs> Who's that? Aren't they all Ross. the main character? The sh- technically, but I guess the show is pitched as Ross really being the main, the lead guy. Is it kind of how like in New Girl, uh, Zoe Deschanel's character yeah. was supposed to be the main character, but by the end they were all kind of the main character? Yeah, it's really, but it's really a story about Zoe or about um, Nick and. What's her name? Why can't I remember her name? See, she's <laughs> not even the main more. character. <laughs> it's true. She's probably my least favorite part of that show. But really, you know, Friends is really a show about Ross and Rachel, if you like get down to it. That mm. is like the, everyone's got stuff going on. But mm. um, yeah, so I got Ross and <clears throat> I've always feared I was a Ross. Um, <laughs> uh, I would really love to be Chandler. And I've had friends. I've said this to friends. Like, I'd love to be Chandler, but I'm probably a Ross. Um, and they've told me, no, I think you're a Chandler. So, um, again, it was very subjective and not. And really they're like, questions. no, Chris, you're not the main character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I chose not to see it that way. <laughs> I'd much rather be Chandler. Uh, Ross is just much more of a downer. Man, uh, I'm neither of those guys. Yeah, you're the Joey. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> nice. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> what I know about him is that he's hungry all the yeah, time, yeah. and he's the handsome one. That's what I the got. The main character not to get married in the show. <laughs> Ooh. Still holds true. <laughs> Ugh, good thing she's at the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for the best. Um, well, I... I think I, I said it to you when we were taking these tests. I answered a question to not get Ross. Like, there was a question about like, who you're attracted to. And I almost clicked Rachel, but I was like, no, no, no. I don't need to be. I don't need more Ross points. And so mm-hmm. I went with a different answer. But here we are. What a, what a Ross move to try to not be, be Ross. It could be, I guess. <laughs> Caught me red-handed. In our, so, in our friendship trio, does that, make, does that make Jake Chandler? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know much about any of these characters either way. <laughs> I didn't realize that. You should have told me. We wouldn't have to. What's the difference between Ross and Chandler, it. though? What's the difference? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, Ross is more of a, like, he's hopeless romantic, you know? Not that I'm not, like. Do we got to rehash this again? Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I just made me think about it. I don't really remember the context of that conversation. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I think, yeah. like I said, Chandler is more fun, easygoing, patient, um, friendly. That's Jake. That's Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think I am as well more than I am. <laughs> sad. <laughs> uh, Here's the thing: Ross, Ross also wishes he wasn't Ross. <laughs> it's true, and maybe I just am Ross. So let me know at Welcome Back Wire. <laughs> if I'm a Ross, even though I want to be a Chandler. Let yeah, if you don't agree with the categories we put ourselves in, reass- right. reassign us. And also, tweet us, wh- what are you? Assign what, yourself. What are you? You know? That's a great question. And with that, I think we're going to take a quick little break to hear from yes. our sponsors. And sure. uh, and uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Patchwork Planting is a 30-acre flower farm in Knoxon, Pennsylvania, owned and operated by the Mock family. 
In the winter seasons, they're doing houseplant sales, a coffee bean subscription through a partnership with another small business, and brand new merch available now for pickup or shipment. Check them out on social media at PWPlanting or at PatchworkPlanting.com. Hey, Chris, since you can hear me, why don't you ask her which character you are from Friends? Which friend am I? Am I Ross or Chandler? Well, I mean, I guess it could be. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, well, let me, let me keep thinking about it. Because... Never mind. It's it over. Was, you no, 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 no. I... It was quick, and then she was like, ooh, maybe that hurt his feelings. Okay, well, Ross is like the nerdy one. So, and I think you're like the nerdy one. Okay. But also, in the ways that you are like Chandler, is that you're like, oh, he's cracking some stupid joke. Yeah. But it's not stupid. It's really funny. You're yeah. really funny. Too late again. Welcome back. Welcome back. We've had some fun uh, with some fun character based and houses and bending, all kinds of fun pop culture stuff. But we also took some quizzes for some like traditional personality tests. Um, and so we're going to go through those. Yeah, it's definitely uh, anyone who's been listening to the first half of the show definitely got a good picture of who we are from that. Um, sure. But these are like the more professional grade you know these right. are things you might like even put on like a resume even you know sure. so that your uh-huh. bosses have like a, a more a complete picture of who you are that's right <clears throat> so the first one we're going to do um a lot of people haven't heard of it but it's like one of the most like enduring personality exam it's the i don't know what it's called i mean it has different names like the four temperaments is like four temperament theory, I think is the official name. Um, it was made popular more recently in a book called personality plus and the four temperament theory is, um, it actually could have started in like ancient Mesopotamia, but the Greek physician Hippocrates is the one who like, you know, did a lot of research in it. We're talking about like 460 to 370 BC, <laughs> like really, really old. So that's one of the reasons it's so like, um, it's, it's still around. And so a lot of people trust it. And so the idea is there's basically four temperaments, um, four personalities that people fall into. They are sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about some interesting things about them later, but I wanted to hear what you got. And if you had any thoughts about the, the test process. So this test was on the same website that we took our, uh, what dictator are you? (laughs) <laughs> website and that quiz yeah. was so bad that we didn't even include it in the show <laughs> correct correct <laughs> but it seems like this this test has at minimum the four answers that you can get for the personality right. plus test and uh, it does have like a little write up here so um, with everything else getting below 50% and like my lowest one only 26% I got an 86% for a uh, choleric personality okay interesting yeah. yeah uh, um, should I read the, what it says here, or? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. Or do you know, do you know already about that? Like, well, I mean, I can it? really I can sum it up really quickly. Okay. Um, the the four types, maybe I should say. Well, yours was choleric. Yeah. Um, and so they're like the powerful, born leader, driven, goal oriented, mm. strong willed. Mm. Um, thrives on opposition, independent. Mm, I do. I do thrive split, on opposition. Yes, you do. <laughs> split second decisions, problem solving, that kind of stuff is the choleric personality. What's Power better than solving a problem in a, like a split second? Thinking about a problem and getting a better answer? Like the split decision, <laughs> you know, just being able to, to nail yeah, it. Sorry. 
you know, solving the problem and just nailing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely good. Um, all four of these types, you know, like certainly there's not one, everyone's going to think that there's one better than another, but like we need all of these to like survive society. Different um, strokes. That's right. So, uh, choleric is you, the powerful choleric. Um, I did actually find a PDF that I think they based the, um, the test, the test that we took, the quiz that we took. Mm-hmm. And it was like the one of the tests was like full of spelling errors and it really made me concerned. <laughs> but since I found a source document, I feel a little mm-hmm. better about it because <laughs> okay. it was because this doesn't have the issues. But choleric, the powerful choleric, um, the perfect melancholy is, is another one. This is an analytical uh, planner, organizer, neat and orderly, can be counted on to finish a job, detail oriented, economical, um, maybe perfectionist. This is where creative people are often melancholy. So choleric, melancholy, and then you have the popular, they're just all P words, powerful choleric, perfect melancholy, popular sanguine. This is a great front door person, enthusiastic, expressive, um, just outgoing, makes friends easily, never met a stranger, creative and fun, um, talkative usually, storyteller, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And then the peaceful phlegmatic, which is what I am, the peaceful phlegmatic, easygoing, low-key, inoffensive, Patient, calm, cool, collected, realistic, mediator, good listener. Um, okay. So that's the phlegmatic. And I like, um, I actually was doing a little research and apparently the word temperament actually means mix. I think it was Latin. It means like combination, like a mix. So everybody obviously is is a, is a little bit of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say that I, you know, was a phlegmatic, that was by 89%. Uh, oh, no, no. <clears throat> that was the dictator. Um, <laughs> 80%, 80% phlegmatic, but I was 76% melancholy. So, you know, those are really, really close. That, that phlegmatic um, one does remind me of what we said earlier about water bending. So interestingly, um, they all correlate to an element as well. Ooh. Um, and this is what I was telling you that I didn't quite, I couldn't find a consistent for a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, choleric, for instance, I couldn't find, oh no, that's not true. R2 are the ones that I was sure of. There was a discrepancy on the internet along, among the other ones. But huh. phlegmatic is water. And choleric is actually fire. Okay. So if you're looking for... Um, Which I'm close. I'm close on the fire one. Yeah. yeah. So apparently there's like this combination of hot, cold, wet, dry. Um, and and so like, right. So you have you have cold, wet, cold, dry, hot, dry, high, hot, wet. So there's four combinations of those two, you know, alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so they each, each of the four temperaments, this is so interesting, has an element, a season, um, and then that cold, hot, dry, wet combo, and then a bodily fluid. (laughs) This is, this is why I told you it would be worth it. So, um, I guess Hippocrates was a big believer in the, in the humors humorism which is basically the theory that your four the four bodily humors four bodily fluids um they make your temperament they like impact your health they impact everything about you okay the four bodily fluids <laughs> are blood phlegm black bile and yellow bile poop and pee <laughs> okay okay so so basically your temperament is tied to how much poop and pee and blood and phlegm <laughs> blood and mucus you have in your body Really interesting. And I know you're dying to know. So I am. Choleric. Choleric is yellow bile. Hot, dry, summer. So you got fire, pee, summer. 
That's <laughs> and I've been I've been getting really good with my uh, handwriting, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, snow is good for that, um, but you only have snow in the winter. Phlegmatic, mm-hmm. which is water, which is what you said about me, which is interesting, um, and then phlegm is the bodily fu- the bodily fluid, and then cold wet. So winter is the the phlegmatic, which I'm okay. a big winter guy. Yeah, I'm liking my results here. You know, yeah. I've, I I always am fearful that the the young risk taker I was tends to fade away, but the second I got health insurance, it like gave me like new life for adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I was like looking at the the rope swing across the river right by my house, and uh-huh. I was like. I was like, oh man, if only, if only. And then the second I got my card mailed to me, I like a week <laughs> later I was swinging off that thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I um, I like this one because there's only four groups, which I think that's part of why it has such longevity. Is mm-hmm. everyone can find themselves into one of these groups. Yeah. Um, what was your I other like breakdowns? Oh, I believe I had choleric was. 40% I think. Yeah, 40% choleric. Um and then 6% sanguine. I don't love I didn't love the quiz. Mm-hmm. Some of the choices it made me make out actually a lot of the choices it made me make between like two strengths or two weaknesses. I just I didn't feel like it was getting a really accurate picture of me. So I'm not yeah. huge on the percents. Um however, the order I do agree with. I I do think I'm mostly phlegmatic and then melancholy. Um and then I don't know, choleric. I'm probably higher than forty percent as well. Yeah. But uh, how about you? Yeah. What was your breakdown? Yeah, I got eighty six choleric, uh, forty six sanguine, forty six phlegmatic. How do uh-huh. I say that again? Phlegmatic, yeah. Phlegmatic, and then I got twenty six melancholy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, really interesting. We'll link all of our quizzes in the show notes if you're interested in uh taking some of these if you want to find out if you're a ross or a rachel or if you want to find out if you're what's your um 2400 year old personality <laughs> temperament is <laughs> you could do that too <laughs> so that is for temperament theory um which is really good so the next one that we're going to look at is myers briggs a classic that i know that you've spent a lot of time with um i've spent some time with i'm, I'm i've also never really been happy with my results at myers briggs i i never like really connected with Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. like you did. So can you tell me like why Myers-Briggs mattered to you? Like why you really believed well, in it? I, it was like right when I went to college, it was when I first found out about it. Um, it was the second person I test ever really like heard of with any like validity to it. I did strength finders when I was a youth leader uh, yeah. in Pittsburgh. And then actually we did that test again when I was in college so it was nice to actually see like some change over over time. Just, yeah. But like so like I even I even had it change this time too. But what's what's kind of cool about this one is that it it doesn't just like I guess in later iterations they did this thing what they do now where they just label what it is. Right. So like right. so like I'm considered the debater, which <laughs> yeah nails it. That's like a great <laughs> word associated with the one I got. But yeah, for the Myers Briggs they have four I guess now five. Uh, areas where you can um, where you're evaluated on so like I'm an ENTP so each one of those letters means something different so like I'm extroverted intuitive thinking 
uh, prospecting. And then I guess with the the last edition, the dash A, yeah. so ENTP dash yeah. A uh, means that I'm more assertive. Yeah, that last one people probably aren't familiar with. Um, I've only ever seen it on this website, but I think it's helpful. It's assertive or turbulent, so it's more like, do you impact the world around you, or are you impacted by the world around you? That's like a really simplified way to put it, but I'm also assertive. Yeah, I like it because it's it's approachable. It's, it's easily sure. approachable, and like, even in the answer of what you are, like, if you just told me I was, I was uh, caloric, I'd be like, what's that mean? And you'd yeah, have sure, to sure. you'd have to explain it to me, but with this, you know, I guess I technically would have to ask what every letter is, but at least like sure, yeah. I know exactly like I know exactly what extroverted means as opposed to introverted, yeah, uh-huh. and so um, this assessment actually breaks it down into five, like I said, and so what they look for is um, like where you're at for your mind, so that's introverted versus introverted versus extroverted, your energy, which is like your intuitiveness versus how observant you are. Uh, nature is more thinking versus feelings, like head heart issues. Uh-huh. Um, tactics is more prospecting and judging, and identity is more is where the assertiveness versus uh, turbulentness falls into into play. Yeah, yeah. I took this probably five years ago, um, and I got a different answer than I got today. And honestly, I, I I'm not real happy with either of them. But first of all, I've never been able to figure out if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. Yeah, people define them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I take it, it seems like I'm on one side or the other. You know? You're dancing the line. That's all. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I don't love Myers-Briggs is because I'm pretty close to the line mm-hmm. on all of these. Um, the one actually that I'm furthest from the line from the halfway point mm-hmm. is one that was different when I took it five years ago. <laughs> so I don't know what happened there. But, um, so I am, um, and I, well, I tested INFJ introverted, um, intuitive feeling judging. Now I used to be ISFJ or like I said, I, the I and the E, I just usually just read both because I don't know. Um, but I used to be ISFJ or ESFJ, Mm -hmm. but now I'm an N instead of an S. Me too. I just looked up. Oh, really? Looked, that was your change too? Yeah, I just looked up what what the the difference was uh-huh. um, between my my last one because I because I, I obviously forget every single time my code. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the debater and the entrepreneur. The difference is, uh, I used to be an S, um, which oh, frick, what does that what does that mean again? I, I went away from it. Um intuitive right is that is that the right one the second one that's the end yeah ends intuitive so so i use i'm currently intuitive but what's the opposite of intuitive i clicked away from the page and now i can't find what's the s observant observant so i used to be more observant and now i just kind of i just kind of know you know <laughs> i know that yeah i definitely believe in my intuition more than i ever did like i'm more mm-hmm. confident than i used to be i would say that that's true yeah it was, it, and it makes sense. I mean, that does sound like sure, like being like when we're young, just like trying to figure out things, and now you're old. It's like I've been around the block a few times, which you know, yeah. there's, there's a level of arrogance to that. But um, hmm. that's where my change came. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So my um, 
like I said, I look at the I and the E, but the one I tested, the I was advocate, and the E is protagonist, <laughs> which I'm just getting the irony of right now. Great, um, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are my Myers-Briggs's. Yeah, I'm an assertive debater. That's my that's my thing. ENTP-A, role analyst, strategy, people mastery. What the heck does that mean? It's people mastery. This sounds this sounds very Slytherin. Bold, bold <laughs> and the- confident. Uh, nothing to prove. Uh, as go for it sometimes. Yeah, I don't know, but it's interesting that like it took me out of one area. Like if you look at the um. How do I get back to the personality types? They they break down the 16 into different uh, types as well. So, like, there's analysis, uh, diplomats, sentinels, and explorers. And I guess just with the temperament of age, I went from an explorer to an analyst oh. type. Interesting. Yeah, I, I used to be... I just looked up my old one. Oh, I lost it. The, the console... The console or the defender, and now I'm the advocate or the protagonist. Um, what was some of the debaters you may know? There's like if you click on the personality and then scroll down. Um, so I was a advocate, and their advocates like Martin Luther King, um, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, uh, Lady Gaga. Not sure how they arrived at that decision, <laughs> but did you, uh, Jon Snow? Did you find any Aragorn? Did you find what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm trying to get to that now. Debaters you may know. Weird Al Yankovic. Let's go. <laughs> Adam Savage. Sarah Silverman. Mark Twain. Tom Hanks. Thomas Edison. Celine Dion. Sasha Barrett Cohen. Interesting. Cap- Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, Tyrion Lannister. Lannister. Um, some lady from Sherlock Holmes. I- Irene Adler. Uh, the Joker. Hey, I line up with you a little bit here. Jim Halpert. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Wow, very interesting. Um, this is a this is probably my favorite test to take. I mm-hmm. feel like the questions are really good, and the answering system is really good, and even the interface is nice. So check it out. Um, it'll be in the show notes if you're interested in taking your uh, Myers Briggs again. Yeah, whoever runs the sixteen personalities like. They they put money into it, so they probably get money yes. out of it too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a premium you can buy, but you get a lot of info for the free version. I think. For free. Yeah. So one more test I'd like to talk about, and it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because it's less ambiguous for me. Per- my results are less ambiguous, um, and that is the Enneagram. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram, it's it's not new by any means. It's very old, but it's newly popular. Yeah. It felt um, like the new kid on the block, but then you showed yeah. me how it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's been around yeah, yeah. for a while. It's, it's quite old. Um, but I, I think the first time I saw anything about the Enneagram was, um, a podcast. Like I was listening to a podcast and the network had a, had an Enneagram show. And I thought, how could you possibly have a podcast for a personality system that was the dumbest thing ever and now i'm subscribed to like three or four enneagram podcasts (laughs) so um that's my journey um i took the test the the test that i had you take um i took that test and then i read my results and they say like you know when you feel like ashamed (laughs) 
<laughs> when you're like you feel like naked and you're like oh that is me <laughs> um, so and i really really felt that um i got a three and the first time i took it I, they actually say like enneagram teachers will say not to take tests or that they're like 40 to 60 percent accurate mm-hmm. um which i tend to agree i've had a lot of people that don't get the right answer i really did feel like i got the right answer on the first try um but what's nice about this test is it gives you a few different results like I would say look at your top three results yeah. and you know, you'll probably find yours, but I tested as a three, the achiever is what they call them. And, um, I have really, really felt threeness. Every, the more I learn about the three, the more I agree that it is probably me. What'd you get on that one? Um, you, you give this test to people as well, right? I have, I have done, well, I have them take that test actually, mm-hmm. but I've done like workshops with groups. I only asked because my test came back like inconclusive in a way. (laughs) Okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't give me very much information at all. It just tells me to take a look at like what I'm, what my like top three are. Um, so it says, take a screenshot and send me that. Okay. So it says that I'm most likely a type seven. And, um, I think when we took it at your house a few years back, I was an eight. Correct. Um, yeah. And it says taking wings into account, you seem to be a seven wing eight or an eight wing seven. Yeah. So I'm not sure what any of that means. I don't know what a seven means. I yeah. kind of know what an eight means, which I could use a refresher on, but it says I'm most likely seven. And I'm looking at the at the scores below. It says it's not clear from these test results which Enneagram type and wing you are. To determine your true type, you might want to start by considering the types with the highest scores on the list below. So I got a... A 10.7 on type 7, a 10.3 on type 8, and a 9 on type 5. Yeah, I'd say that you're, I would say, don't think that you're a 5, but I don't, you know, I certainly don't know for sure. I know you pretty well, and I know the Enneagram pretty well. Um, I had always thought that you were an 8, so when you tested 8 that first time, I, you know, assumed that that was probably true. Um, I'd say that you're probably an 8 wing seven but to give you a little piece of the difference um the enneagram is based on um your like motivation so while other you know certain personality types will kind of measure what you do like your behavior Mm -hmm. the enneagram is asking why you do what you do all about motivation um so i have the handout that i do at these workshops i have the, the handout in front of me so the challenger is the eight and um the main motivation is like a need to be strong and self-reliant to stay in control of their situation and avoid feeling weak and vulnerable. I feel um, that. So like, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll go to the seven, which is called the enthusiast, um, which is a need to be happy and free to plan stimulating experiences and to avoid pain. So okay. the eight is really based on, um, I don't want to be controlled. I want to have control and freedom of my own life. Amen. And the seven the seven is is really based on um, it's again. There's this control element, but more control because I want to not be tied down. I want to um, avoid painful experiences and you know uh, enjoy the most out of life. You know, I, I uh, definitely that, see some seven enjoy, in you as well. Yeah, I feel I feel that. Wait, I'm thinking yeah. if I was to say, I'd say the 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 eight wing seven sounds the most accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's probably true. I find the Enneagram very, very interesting. Um, for every type, they have, um, like I said, motivation. And they'll give you a basic fear, a basic desire. And Ooh. things like 
your orientation to time, I think is interesting. Like you and I are in the same triad, whether you're seven or eight. And uh, so we're typically future oriented. Okay. So I think that's, that's interesting. I find that to be true about myself. What am I afraid um, of? Your basic fear? <laughs> yeah. So um, assuming you are an eight, your basic fear is of being harmed or controlled by others. Um, so eights might have some trust issues. They say like, if you're going to tick off some types like force fives and eights are very good at holding the grudge. They will not forget. Mm, I get over grudges pretty easily, but yeah. Like if Emily and I ever get in a disagreement or just anyone in general, but this has happened with Emily. If like she, she, she's more in touch with her feelings than I am with mine. And so if she starts to cry, I can't help but kind of get frustrated. Oh, really? Because it feels like, because now I want to take care of, I want to take care of your feelings because you're crying, but uh-huh. I still think I'm right. And I hate that it's detracting from our discussion. Interesting. And so like, it's all like, even though she's not doing it on purpose and she's not trying sure, to control sure, sure. me, it, it just like lizard brain goes, they're trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah. she's trying to win, you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she tested as a four and they say like the four and eight couple is like one of the most explosive. I think they use the word explosive. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. But Hey man, I always preferred the firework to the parade. That's great. And is that an, like, is that a thing? Do people say that? I just said it just now. I don't, okay, great, great, I'm not, great. I don't okay. think I'm quoting anything. <laughs> you invented an idiom. That's good. There we go. Um, Another, this is another one of the Enneagram that like, there is a healthy and an unhealthy version of every type. Not one type is better than another. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have their own levels of health. Um, but yeah, I love the Enneagram. I learned a lot. Like I said, there's a test in the show notes if you're looking at that. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So if you have any questions, shoot them to me. I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. I was hoping, uh, I don't know if we, if it's still in the cards or not, but to get you on, um, higher than other words to talk about the Enneagram oh, for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. On the IWP network. Yeah, I would love to do that. Or even if we get on, uh, if we get back on interviews to everyday people, if we can just run down the personality of, sure, of uh, Papa Blackwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I would type. I would. I would try. I mean, it's it's hard to type people, but um, if people are honest with themselves, they can get a pretty good answer. If if you talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about, which is. I hesitate to say is me. <laughs> there are much more qualified people, but um, I've been dabbling for a while. When you are as in tune with the Enneagram as you are, like, cause you, you enjoyed this test in particular. You spent time yeah. learning how to like go through it with other people a little bit. Um, yeah. Do you find yourself like when you meet people, like as you're like shaking their hand or walking away, big, that guy's a four. Yeah. 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 Some people like scream a number um and it, when i first got into it it was really bad like every show i was watching i'm typing people uh, everybody i meet <laughs> but uh now it's it's less often but if somebody's like really strong into a number like if i if i read really high nine or five like there's certain like characteristics you can pick on pretty quickly mm-hmm. um i i do type people pretty often what are some what are some of our toxic parts to the to uh eights and to an eight to an eight <clears throat> so an unhealthy eight, um, they're basically going to see life as like hostile and threatening to them. So like they're going to c- perceive everything as a threat and like bump up against it. So they're going to get into fights. They're going to argue with people. They're going to feel like everything is a threat. Um, 
Okay. I'm they not, may... I'm, I must be pretty healthy then. I'm not feeling that one. Sure. Sure. Uh, do you think you felt that in your life, though? Maybe in, like, high stress points. Ooh, yeah. ooh, is this the longest we went before I bring up my parents' divorce? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe, like, maybe around then I might have, like, thought things were, like, a, a, not so much the divorce as much as, like, the, the, uh, my dad's remarriage, like, towards the beginning there. Yeah, yeah. Like, trying to figure out, like, what roles does everyone take in this house now, you know? Sure, sure, sure. But not, yeah, but, um, but aside from that, no, not really. Yeah, unhealthy eights are rough. Mm-hmm. I I find that like I have trouble getting along with uh, with some people that are that identify as eights. Um, not you, but and that could be a sign of your health. But uh, I'm healthy, boy. Check my piss; good. it's clear. Glad to hear it. Lots of healthy yellow bile. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what about you? What about you for the two? For a three? Oh, I thought you said two. No, no, no I'm a three. Sam's oh. a two, though. Sam's a two. Yeah. <clears throat> three is the achiever. I, that's right. I didn't. Re- I read a bunch about the eight. Um, the key motivation for the achiever is a need to be, or at least appear to be, successful and accomplished. Um, so I'm definitely motivated by how people are perceiving me, and um, I love to be affirmed. And failure is like um, kryptonite. Like you know, I'll, I'll ruminate over failures. Uh, you know that kind of stuff. Um, a healthy three is like productive and adaptable driven. They're like, like CEOs, a lot of like, um, athletes, like high performing athletes and musicians mm-hmm. are threes because of that, you know, that, um, that accomplishment drive, but an unhealthy three, like they're cutting corners. They're like performing and achieving just to be rewarded, just to experience that reward. Um, they can be calculating and patient. They can be manipulative. Threes can be really manipulative too. Uh, scheming. Do you have a, a point in your life where the the bad three was coming out? Yeah, um, definitely. Like when I was younger, like probably middle school, high school. Not, I wouldn't say that I was like manipulative, mm-hmm. but I was definitely like, and I still feel this sometimes, paralyzed by what people think of me. Yeah. Um, hey, make sure I'm hanging out with the right friends, wearing the right clothes. Like that. That was always. That's always been really on my mind. So when you got kicked out of the lunch table. Yeah, it was a. Is that a rough day for a three? I uh, rough enough that I remember a middle school lunchroom experience. <laughs> Fifteen years later, yes. <laughs> oh man! So, yeah. And these things, these are like the jumping off points, right? Like, sure. Like learning more about yourself. Like, as we talked, we don't. We aren't. We don't always get the same answer we had. The last time we took this test or a test before right. that, a test before that. So like, we're always growing. We're always changing. Like, who's to say, you know, five, 10 years from now, I'm not a four or whatever. Like life experiences yeah. can kind of shift you around and like, but figuring out who you are in this moment. And that's why I kind of wanted to do this, uh, episode with you, the whole, um, yeah. New year, no me, you know, it's almost felt like because of the pandemic, a large focus is just like, just get through the day. Just sure, get through sure. the day. Yeah, just, just get survive. through the day. Tomorrow, next week, just just keep going, keep moving. But like now that it feels like we have a good grasp on this, we're on like a allegedly not that bad variant. It might be some time yeah, to take yeah. some inventory. See, you know, like check in with the, with yourself. See, mm-hmm. see, like, are, is what you're doing and your goals do they line up with who you are? And have you spent the time to think like 
like, yeah, this is, this is still worth going for, or, or am I only doing this because I've put so much time into it already? Yeah. It's really nice to be able to pause and like stop working so much about survival and back to worry about growth. Well, I say back to, but maybe it's, you know, first time for you, mm-hmm. but to focus on growth and, uh, and like you said, evaluating, like, do my habits match my goals? Like, am I doing the stuff that, um, that's going to lead me to the place I want to be? And, and is the place I want to be really where I want to be? You know, you can ask deeper questions like that mm-hmm. when you're less worried about, uh, survival. Yeah. I hope somebody takes a quiz and, and learn something about themselves as well. I just imagine the um, the trope of like laying out in a field, staring up at the universe, and just being like, "Do I matter?" You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a healthy amount of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've got some uh, recommendations and stuff for you. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Attention, Mead family. Jake would like to announce to everyone that he is house hunting right now. So yeah, encourage him. Be looking for things. Try and convince him to come out further west in Pennsylvania so he's closer to me. And uh, (laughs) tell Ika that she's rude for keeping him that far away. You know, just kind of plant some seeds. And that has been your your Mead update. If you know someone who also listens to the pod, tell us a secret message to pass along. (laughs) Yeah, Frick. The Frick Park Bridge, you hear about that? Mm-hmm. I was on that bridge 10 minutes before it collapsed. Really? No, but isn't that like an insane story to start telling people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could tell in your face that it wasn't quite true, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever even seen that bridge. <laughs> With how many bridges we have, it's surprising that's like the first one I've heard of collapsing. Mm-hmm. you think I mean, it'd be a, a bigger thing. They're inspected pretty regularly. Believe it or not, they're not supposed to collapse. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. This isn't much of a recommendation, but it's also like something on my mind, and this isn't a regular style episode, but uh, we've been watching The Ultimate Fighter for a while, and Emily just has like a new appreciation for Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I heard about that. That's (laughs) great. Because you saw him as a coach, right? Yeah, she like used to not like this guy, and he's he's just one of those guys. He's a part timer too, so like she doesn't watch a lot of wrestling, but she knows how much that frustrates me. Um, <laughs> but like after watching him like be a coach to up and coming fighters, you know, it's really yeah, changed yeah. her opinion. Then like he has that new beard now and hairstyle, and she's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be afraid that his students were going to get diverticulitis. <laughs> you, you can't catch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as far as uh. Things that I've consumed that you could check out super easily. You definitely can't just like sit down, but like, all right, Mario recommended watching 13 seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. To see yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar <laughs> is. Um, no, just uh, another episode from the wonderful podcast. It is Truth Behind Illusion on the IWP Network that we're a part of. This is not a paid ad or anything like that. They they don't even realize that I shot them out so much. We both yeah. freaking love Truth Behind Illusion, TBI. Um, yeah. Episode 43, Cursed Movie Sets, and they talk about uh, the exorcism, and they talk about, um, frick, what's the name of that movie? The Crow, and okay. a couple others. I, 
Cool. Regardless, the the subject matter is cursed movie sets. So like movies where things have gone wrong. The Passion of the Christ. They talk about a couple of crazy oh, yeah. lightning instances that happened on the set that. of the movie. So um, is a great listen and uh, yeah, check it out. Great. All right, I have mine's a podcast as well. Let me ask you a question. Do you know who assassinated Martin Luther King Jr.? The FBI. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm the only idiot. I. <laughs> Because I could not, I mean, I guess I had heard that, like, sort of, yeah, but I, I didn't I realize. Anything, I don't know anything more than that. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I just, right. I was so, sure that it's a conspiracy that they killed I, them. I guess I kind of knew that, but I didn't really know that. But I realized that I could not name the assassinator, mm-hmm. and that's probably because all of the crazy conspiracy around it. That mm-hmm. I, It was just so controversial, I had no idea. But his name's James Earl Ray, the alleged, the guy who went down for killing Martin Luther King Jr. But I'm listening to a podcast called um, The MLK Tapes. And basically, I guess the premise is this um, journalist had a box show up at his house. I'm not done with it, so so mm-hmm. I may be getting some things fuzzy, but he had his box of evidence taken to his house that had um, like interviews and documents and all kinds of evidence that showed that James Earl Ray was not the person that killed Martin Luther King Jr. Um, I guess they also had a... Uh, I think it was a civil suit, basically a mock trial, if I'm understanding correctly, after James Earl Ray was convicted. Mm-hmm. They had another court case, um, and he was it was he was innocent. He was um, I I don't know if they tried. I guess it would have been that he was he was you know proven innocent in that court, but it wasn't a real court. It's like a mock trial yeah. where they entered some evidence that wasn't in the original case. I don't know. All to say, it's complicated, and I had no idea it was complicated. Um, so the MLK tapes again. Link in the bio. Your link on the bio for that. Truth Behind Illusion episode will be in there as well. Um, we'd love for you to check out our recommendations. We hope that we recommend good stuff to you. If you're looking for a recipe or a pocket knife or a TV show, um, whatever you're into. Yeah. The let them know that we sent you too. That's right. Make sure you let Brock Lesnar know that we sent you. Yeah. Be sure to let the the knife company know on their Twitter <laughs> or maybe in like your product uh, assessment. Be like, hey, after go. Welcome Back hey, said to check this out, uh, we got the knife and it's wonderful. That'd be a great sponsorship. I'm up for it. Even if they send like another knife. I don't have one. Sure, sure. No, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for joining us at the table in our conversation today. New year. No me. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, review us wherever you're listening. Give us five stars on on, um, Spotify, which is the thing now. And share the episode with somebody you'd like to know better. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. And after you do that, we'll catch you on The Wire at Welcome Back Wire on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, if you're already connected with us, contribute to the community. We'd love to have you as a part of this as we as we grow uh, this, uh, this very niche friend group. So true, Bestie. And if you're listening because you're subscribed to the IWEP network feed um, and you like what you hear, you're looking like, where can I get more of this fabulous content? You can always go back to the backlog. Um, but if you go to our feed, the welcome back feed right now, there's a fresh episode, episode, brand new episode right there for you to listen to for your listening pleasure. So um, subscribe on the welcome back um, feed to get the latest episode downloaded right to your phone. And if you're listening on the IWEP network feed, he already said that one. Let Correct, me go to the other part. If you're listening uh-huh. on the main feed and you're like, man, these guys are killing it. But what's this IWP network thing they're talking about? Why don't you go check it out where they got a ton of great episodes uh, for a plethora of podcasts. Go check them out. Uh, sub there, sub here, sub everywhere. We love you yeah. guys. 
You can find him online at Chris McManey. <laughs> and you can find him online at Mario Miley. And until next time, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. Ask what? Ask her what Jake is. Which one's Jake? I don't know. I don't want to, have to say the wrong answer now. I'm scared. <laughs> That's fine. There's no wrong answer. No, we didn't talk what? to him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's only three guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's Gunther. <laughs> Wrecked.